hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Hope you've had a fabulous week. Um, Hope you've had the opportunity to back yourself and put your best foot forward and all those good things. I really, really appreciate you hanging around and being here and joining me on this journey. Now today I've got a wonderful guest, Chris Holyfield, and he's calling in from Florida. Now we did have a few technical issues and so we've had to go over to Zoom for this one. So it's going to sound a little different, but it's a great interview. So I really hope you enjoy it. Here we go. All right, guys, today I've got Chris Hollyfield with me. Now, he started out as a pro wrestler and made his mark in the World Wrestling Entertainment, the WWE, became an instant star known as Little Boogeyman. He's also a radio and TV personality, appearing in three independent movies, WWF Smackdown, Hell Date and Festival. He's graced the screen on talk shows, including Maury, Sally Jesse Raphael and Jerry Springer. He's also made the rounds of the reality show circuit, featuring in Road Trip, Gamers, Five Days in the A, The Real World Extreme Challenge, and Miami Inc. And yes, he did get a real tattoo in the show, and so hopefully we'll talk about that today. Not to mention his appearances on ESPN, 60 Minutes, Dateline, NBC, and Primetime Live, among many others. Chris also coaches a Special Olympics powerlifting team. That's really cool. He's a creator of the Got Respect Tour, where he travels around the country to schools and organisations, presenting as a motivational speaker on the topic of anti-bullying. He's also the author of the book, Big Message, Short Story. And why this book is so poignant? Well, Chris is an African-American born with dwarfism, an undersized man in an oversized world, very determined to succeed in life. Standing at just four foot four, Chris never let anything get in his way. And despite all the amazing accolades, Chris is still most proud of being an awesome dad. So we really love that. So physically, Chris may be little, but the size of his heart is almost as big as him. Welcome, Chris. How are you going? Hey, you know, I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm, I'm between me and COVID-19. We're in our, I don't know what round we're in, but I know it's past 12. <laughs> 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 and I know boxing is only 12 rounds at tops. So we're way past 12 rounds. And, uh, but I'm not tapping out. I'm not tapping out. So, um, and I know among the United States and, every, you know, Australia and all over the country, people are probably tired and fatigued from what we're dealing with. But, uh, you know, what can you do? All you can do is, you know, pray for the best and uh, keep moving in, in the steps forward and, and just be careful and try to stay safe. That's all we mm-hmm. can do. At this at this point, yep, yep, that's true. It's a it's a, it's taken us all on a big roller coaster, and you're right. There's just nothing we can do about it. We've just got to you know knuckle down and ride our way through it. So yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're telling me this morning you've got your two two kids there, eight and nine, and that's yeah. always a challenge. 
Oh yeah, yeah, because I have my son. I mean, his mom and I we co-parent, so I have my son with me right now, and I have my nephew. So my nephew's nine, my son's eight. So they've been out of school forever and a day since March. You know, so it's like they just think like, hey, it's like we don't go to school no more. We don't we don't do anything no more. It's like no. <laughs> This is this is very part time, so don't get don't get it twisted. Don't don't think that you got a long ways to go still. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's all it's it's been a challenge just because um, you know when you get anybody, you myself, uh, when we get in a routine and 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 you get away from that routine, it does take you on a roller coaster ride because you start to go in so many different directions, and um, we get off track. So, right. yeah, but I'm, 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 you know, they know not to get out of hand because uh, with my background experiences, I'll mess around and I'll body slam both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them up and down. <laughs> yeah, I, I body slam, I'll, I'll, I'll pin both of them. Yeah, but, uh, and you know, I have to go through those challenges too because uh, sometimes they'll run and jump on me on the bed and like, and they'll just scream out WWE and drop elbows on me and like, yo, what are, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I said I wasn't ready for this. I mean, they, yeah, they, uh, they always like to challenge me because now both of them are taller than me. So you know that's that that challenge of, oh, we're taller, and uh, yeah, I think I can get you. Now you'll never be able to get me. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> now you've got the big ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I, <laughs> you'll never be able to get me down. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much what what you know what I'm dealing with Carrie and I'm just uh just moving on with life you know trying to move forward you know and playing the game of dodgeball you know just trying to do dodge the um the detours and try to keep moving forward because you know I can't I have no control of it but I can um st stay positive stay motivated and just yep. keep moving yep yep that's all you can do isn't it so yep. you're doing some um, incredible things and particularly, you know, like for the last 20 years, you've been doing the Get Respect Tour, Got, got Respect Tour, you know, and going around to schools and that. But tell us about your journey. Like, where did it all start back in the, back in the day and you went through the WWE and, you know, come out the other side doing this amazing work for, for kids. So tell us about that journey. Okay, the journey started, uh, I want, I'll, I'll go back as far as high school. I go as far as back as high school because that, that will lead us into the whole WWE thing. In high school, I wrestled and uh, I love wrestling in high school. And, you know, in high school wrestling versus uh, WWE is totally different. And I just enjoyed high school wrestling. I wrestled in the 100-pound weight class. Now it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's like if I lose, I get beat. I can't blame nobody. I can't blame my coach. I can't blame nobody but me, and um, and I kind of like that challenge. Not that I will, I'm not a team player, but I kind of like the fact that you know it, it's my work is going to be displayed on how much I put into it to either I win that night or I lose that night, and and it's going to come from what did you do the week before and the week before that to get to this point? You know, did you put 100 percent in or did you go 50 percent? And, and, and you will get the end results and you can't blame nobody. You know, if I got beat, he was just better than me tonight though. He's only better than me tonight. Not, not, not the next time you you, you got me tonight, but you know, you're not better than me. There's things I should I didn't capitalize on. So, uh, and that's just the attitude I have not 
being uh, boastful or bragging. It's just like you have to set yourself up yeah. for certain things. You, if not, people run over you. And me being four foot four, I had to set myself up for, oh, I'm going to make this. Oh, I'm going to be able to do this. I had to set myself up for those things because my mom, my dad, anybody in my coaches, they could tell me one thing, but it was up to me to, to take that dig deep and, 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 and move forward because you can tell people things over and over till it's redundant. But if I don't feel it within me, the person, then what you're telling me, it's just, it's just words to like, okay, encouragement, but I got to feel this. Yeah. I got to know this, you know, because if I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to find myself, you know, feeling bad about myself and not accomplishing the things that I wanted to do. So I wrestled in high school and we were on our way to, to visit my, my grandmother. I, it was a, it was a summer trip and we were going to um, visit my grandparents, uh, my grandmother, because my grandfather, he already had passed. So I was going to visit my grandmother and I had a wrestling magazine. I had a wrestling magazine because I was a big fan of wrestling. And I was looking at the magazine and I saw guys my size. And I'm looking at them and there's guys like the names of like Haiti Kid, Little Beaver, Little Lord, Lord Little Brook, Little Tokyo, Karate Kid, and uh, Cowboy Lane. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm looking at myself and I'm here I am, yeah, senior in high school. And, um, and I'm looking at this magazine, you know, and we got an eight hour drive in front of us. So I'm, I'm reading this magazine and I'm looking at these guys and, and I probably, and now that I look at it, I think, go back to it. I probably didn't read nothing else, but that the, their articles, because I'm studying these guys right here in my mind. I, I knew I said, Oh, I could beat every last one of these guys. I'm stronger. I'm faster. <laughs> you know, that was my mentality. I said, you know, I said, I can, I can beat these guys. So. I read the magazine and I said, when I saw them in that magazine, I saw them, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I was going into my senior year. So I wrestled my senior year. I qualified. I went to the state, you know, state tournament. Um, didn't do well in the state tournament, but I went to the state tournament at a hundred pound weight class. Um, I ended up my senior year with a record of 21 and four. Um, I got beat by the same person three times. Um, my junior year, that same guy, I used to kick his butt, but I guess my, uh, he studied me and my moves and he, he had me down pat come our senior year. He studied me. He wasn't stronger than me. He just, he was more technical than me. You know, I wasn't a technical wrestler. I survived off my strength, you know, hundred pounds, low gravity. Uh, you wouldn't find a guy strong as I was. I was, I was bench pressing uh over 250 300 pounds my my max in high school was 300 before i graduated at 100 pounds i mean i was diesel strong a rival high school with coach wrestling coach called my coach and he says hey send chris over to the gym um tonight we're having pro wrestling at our gym and they were doing it for a fundraiser so i went down there and uh, and he introduced me to the guy that was putting the, the promoter and everything. 
And the promoter says, are you interested in wrestling? You know, with the other little guys, I said, sure. I said, where do I sign up at? I was eager. I was making all of these decisions before I even talked to my parents. You know, so I, was just, I said, sign me up today. <laughs> you know, let's go. So uh, he gave me the information to um, call the guy that I needed to talk to. And it was actually Lord Littlebrook. He was the guy that if you wanted to get in pro wrestling as a little guy, you were going to have to be connected with him some way, shape or form. If not, it was going to take it was going to take a rough road to get there, so I end up um, going to junior college uh, from the first semester after graduation. Went for six months, you know, for the for the first quarter, and I said, "Man, I'm going to pro wrestling." You know, I felt I felt like those guys that you know they leave college and they go into the pros. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But my, but my my situation was totally different from their situation. <laughs> they they were signing big checks. <laughs> All I was doing was signing a wish a wish note. Yeah, hey, I wish and I hope that this works out. You know, so I uh, left community college, went on to pro wrestling to go train, and I had to move to go to Missouri. I had to go to, to a little town called St. Joe, Missouri. So I get there. And um, first couple of days, we didn't do anything. We didn't do no training. So I was getting like a little worried because this is the first time I'm ever leaving the house, you know, leaving period, you know, my city, my state by myself. You know, I, I've just turned 19 over the summer. You know, I did one semester in college. So I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, and then, you know, you call home every day. Hey, how you doing? Everybody's like, how's, how's everything? Oh, man, it's great. It's great. And I just wanted everybody to feel comfortable that everything was great. And it wasn't really great because I wasn't comfortable with the, you know, situation. So long story short, I was there. We finally started training. And within about three weeks of training, I was ready to go on the road. And, you know, most people train six months to eight months before they go on the road. Wow. I already had it down packed because I used to watch it religiously every weekend, every weekend, every Friday, every Saturday morning, I was watching it and watching it. And then I was imitating the wrestlers, their moves. And I was watching how they were choreographing it, everything I was studying. I mean, I was a, a student of the, of, of the, of the game, as, as, if you would. I was a student, I was watching it and I studied it. And then I used to use my younger brother as a dummy, you know, <laughs> so, so, you know, I used to practice my stuff. I was like, hey, just stand right here. Don't cry. Don't get me in trouble. So I used to practice on him. And, then, you know, a couple things went bad a couple times. <laughs> so, a few things went bad. So I, I did that. And, uh, and I, used, I used to use him as my, like, hey, just stand here. Let me go through this. Boom, boom, boom. And I was maneuvering myself. And I got, you know, I was like, man, okay. And when I went there, I knocked it out of the I knocked it out of the park. And they were like, okay, boom, you're ready to go on the road. And I, I was on the road in like three weeks. Wow. And um, because I was hungry. I was hungry and I and I said I wanted to be a star. And I, I said, I said, I want to be a star. I said, uh, I don't know about the rest of the cats. I want to be a star, you know. So the first road trip was it was a success. It, I mean, we, we did good, the matches were good. Um, everything went well. And then when I got back, the promoter, I was staying with him at the time, 
him and I had a falling out because there was we were practicing one day and I did a move called the sunset flip and I did it and I landed on my neck you know I kind of hit head first and it jammed my neck and it just one it scared me two it hurt it just mm-hmm. shot right down my my right side so I was intimidated of that move so I wanted to like maybe walk away for it from the for, for the for the day and in little Tokyo and this is all this is you know straight from the heart truth little Tokyo said if you're going to be in this sport you got to be tough you got to go out you got to do it again so I did it twice and I made the same mistake mm. and I said I don't want to do this no more today let's can we do a different you know can we go over something else because I had that mental block that I can't do this right now because, you know, that's with anybody. You have that mental mm-hmm. block. You need to walk away from it to uh, regroup and, and, and get the negative out of your head. Because if you're still thinking about the last two times, what do you think you're going to do on the third time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the same thing, because you've already got it in your, in your, in your mind that uh, this is not going to work out. So him and I got in the argument, little Tokyo, and he went and told Laura Littlebrook, and he says, you know what? You can get out. You don't have to be here. So I left there and I had to go stay with a, one of the wrestlers, you know, and I stayed with a, a wrestler for probably like a week. Then I bought a plane ticket and I left to come back home and I came back to Florida, got back in school. And I left a good job before I left too. I left a real good job, but I, I got back here and I had to, you know, work it here, working over there until I figured out, am I going to get back into wrestling or what? So I reached out to other other promoters and I start doing wrestling here and there and here and there. So we're talking about um, 1987 now. We're talking about 1987. So from 1987, I'm going to speed this up. From 1987, I got a call in 2001 when it was WWF. And they said, hey, we're going to fly you out to Sacramento. And, and come out there and do this uh, this little skit with The Rock. So I flew out to Sacramento, and I, I met uh, Booker T, and I met The Rock, who I was going to actually be working with. You know, him and I in the ring. And, you know, you we're talking about The Rock. Even though the who The Rock was in uh, 2001 versus who he is today, I mean, he's 10 times the guy as far as stardom goes but he still was the rock, no matter how you look. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to work uh, a match together. And, um, and the funny thing about that, the promoters uh, wanted me to do a skit where they wanted me to go underneath the, the rock's legs and then turn around while he looks for me and like <laughs> act like I'm biting him on the bum, on his butt. And, and he says... He says, no. He says, I'm not putting up with that. And, and and he went off and he says, if anybody has a problem with that, you tell them to come see me. And I was so thankful because I didn't want to do that. I was like, I don't want to do no, no, no stuff like that. And, but when he said that inside of me, I was celebrating, yep. but my look on my face, I was, you know, being attentive and serious about like, yeah, okay, Rock, I agree with you, you know, in my mind. Because my mind, you know, it's like my body was there, 
but my essence was saying something else <laughs> that that didn't get to <laughs> that didn't get to say nothing out loud because you didn't want to step on nobody's toes. You know, you're 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 nobody, and and all you want to do is just be thankful that you're there, and hopefully that door opens up, and then you're you're on your way. So that was a one night thing. That was a one hit quitter. You know, one night stand. It was a one night stand. I was like, wow, that was the worst one night stand I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you know. So I never got called back. Then I started wrestling with these smaller organizations where you would get in a band and we'd go, you know, drive six hours and wrestle, help set up the ring after the match, break down the ring. And I'm yeah. like, hmm. I said, I don't like this. I said, I like what I did with the WWF because when I got there, they flew me in, checked me into a nice hotel. Everything was lovely, lovely. You know, I said, yeah, this, this, if I'm gonna wrestle, this is this is the lifestyle I want. I don't want to do the uh, travel seven hours when we get there, unload the trailer to set up the ring that you're gonna wrestle in, and then wrestle, and then afterwards uh, break down the ring, and then travel another eight hours to the next location. I'm like. Uh, this, this is this is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. So, and I said, man, I was, I said, wrestling. I don't know if I want to do this. And I know in everything that you do, you got to pay your dues. But I was like, I don't know. I, I don't, you know. I feel I was better than that. Having, I I do it one time, maybe twice, but I ain't gonna be setting up rings. You know, that's not the job I came out here for. You know, I came to entertain wrestler. That's it. You know, during that time, those years now. That was 2001, and then I was wrestling up and down. You know, I was still working and wrestling, working and wrestling, and I was still traveling around the country speaking at schools. So I was just, I was just, you know, hopefully waiting for that day. You know, hopefully I, you know, you finally get that call, finally get that break. So yeah, 2007 in January, I got a phone call um, out of the blue, and at this time, my mom, dad, and I, we owned a group home for at-risk kids. So I'm helping running this group home and, and we would get kids from A to Z with different backgrounds, you know, things they've done, you know, that weren't, weren't the norm of the average child. Yeah. So, so they had to stay in a group home. So I kid you not, I got this phone call like probably two weeks after we opened up. So now when I get that call, I didn't tell anybody right away because I had to think about this. Now you got a commitment here you got a business that you just opened up and then you're going to be on the road. And I said, well, hold on. It could still work out because I leave on Sundays and I'm home on Tuesday. Based on what time I get back on Tuesday, I'll, I'll come back. I'll work at the group home and I'll work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. fill in. And then next Sunday I go back on the road and, um, and that's how, and that's how it went. You know, that's how it ended up happening. But when they called me, I thought I was being punked. I thought they were pranking me. You know, they said, hey, uh, is this Chris? I said, yeah, this is Chris. And they said, hey, this is WWE office, and uh, um, this is the talent department. And we're, you know, want to see if you're interested in being in um, doing a skit um, as Little Boogeyman. And at the time, I wasn't even watching wrestling. So I never knew who, who the big boogeyman was. I didn't know who was doing what anymore because – I had a little sour taste in my mouth that uh, I felt things didn't go the way it should have gone. So I told myself I'm on to different things because remind you, I'm 40 years old now. 
I'm 40 now because this this is from the time, you know, let's go back to 1987 to now 2007. Yeah. You get your biggest call of your life. So I said, wow. I said, my body's not the same because I know what it takes. My body take, takes me 15 minutes to get <laughs> to get yeah. acclimated versus when I was 19. I mean, I could pop up out of my sleep two o'clock in the morning and, yeah. hey, let's do this. You know, that was a good, my body was different. My body was totally different. And my mind was too. My mind was totally different. I wasn't, um, I didn't care about wrestling, to be honest with you. But when, when they asked, and I said, uh, can I call you back? And they said, what do you mean, can you call us back? Because I thought it was a joke. I said, let me call you right back. So I hung up and I said, I said, dang, why did you call back? Why are you hang up, dude? This is WWE. What are you, <laughs> what are you hanging up for? You know, because I'm, I'm sitting up there like, dude, not smart. Not smart. So I, <laughs> hello, hey, yeah, yeah, this is me. I, I, I just had to, you know, I had to use the restroom. I, I'm, I'm sorry. So he said, you finished? Are you ready? Like, yeah. He said, okay, um, this is what was going to happen. We're going to um, get your information. Somebody's going to call you back. You're going to get all your information. We're going to get you a plane ticket. And uh, you're going to fly out to Seattle next week. You know, and, I mean, this was like happening fast. And I was like, I'm not even in shape. I'm not like, you know, I'm like, I haven't been in the gym. I haven't done any of this because wrestling was not under the radar at all. You know, buffets was the only thing that was under my radar. <laughs> <laughs> buffets and a, and a, and a couple good, <laughs> couple good, <laughs> couple good shots. And that was it. Nothing. <laughs> the, this was not under my radar. So with that being said, it's so funny when they said I was going to uh, Seattle, it's like, the next week or the next few days, I went to the gym. I'm like, dude, you're not going to get in shape in 72 hours. It's not happening. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to whip myself in shape uh, in 72 hours. So I get to Seattle, and it went down. I shine. I mean, I shine because I said, hey, Vince is looking at you. The world's looking at you. And if this pops, you'll stick around for a while. I made it through for almost a couple years as that character. And um, my biggest highlight to say that for me was that I was in WrestleMania 23 because I always wanted to be part of the WrestleMania. Cause that's like saying you went to the Super Bowl, and then the fact that we was in Detroit, went to WrestleMania. And I mean, it was like, it was huge, 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 huge. And I've been at events where they're huge, but you, I was a spectator. But to be a part of something that big, you know, we were, you know, we we walked to the mall and everybody's coming up to you in the mall, chaotic, you know, wherever you're going. It was just because everybody knew that, hey, mm. the wrestlers are in town. WrestleMania's in town. Mm. And oh, that's a little boogeyman. That's the only little dude that's African American. <laughs> that's that guy. So it was like you were getting bum rushed, and it was like you've made it to to that pinnacle of being around all the superstars, the Big Show, the Undertaker, Ric Flair, all of these guys, and you know, and it was, uh, it was just a, it was an awesome moment. And you know, when I look back at it, I said, "Wow, I'll never forget this," because prior to that, twenty years, you know, ago, I never thought that. I thought, you know, probably pretty much after. Uh, the first five years, I thought that my wrestling, that going to the uh, WWE was done. I, 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 you know, before I got called in 2001, I definitely 
figured that um, the dreams that you had, you fulfilled the fact that you wanted to be a pro wrestler, but to be on the pinnacle and re- wrestle with the biggest company, I felt like, you know, it was it was done. But when I got that call, I took it. My body said no, but my mind said yes. You know, I almost felt like R. Kelly, you know, that song. But my body, my body's telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> I felt, I, felt, I felt like I was R. Kelly singing, I don't see nothing wrong. <laughs> but my body was telling me something else. But I, uh, but I, I said, no, you got to go for it, guy, because uh, this is your last rodeo. You know, let that be your legacy. You know, no matter what happens, ride this roller coaster. And I rode it out. And um, after that was over with in 2009, I got a phone call back from them to do a skit, but it was just like, I wasn't a character or anything. I was just doing a skit with another, with, it was like five little guys, six little guys. And we bum rushed um, Chris uh, Jericho and Big Show was there with, with Chris Jericho. Big Show got upset and he just started throwing all of us out the ring. And um, that was the last little skit that I did, you know, in pro wrestling. And, um, from that point, the wrestling just uh, faded away, which I had no problem with because mm-hmm. I was on to other things because I didn't have the group home no more. Cause I, I had the contract for three years. So after those three years was up, I was still speaking. I was still on my speaking tour because mm-hmm. that started in 2000. And, and that could, my tours just stopped this February only because of COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still presently a motivational speaker but i don't know how things are going to go until this COVID 19 is you know mm-hmm. settled down and, and what schools decide to do yep. so but what but with the wrestling career after that wrestling career was over with i got a call because once you become a, a wwe wrestler a wwe star people want to hire you to come do autographs and things of that nature mm-hmm. so I did get a call. I ended up going to Germany for about four days to to do uh, a little PR work up there, which was which was cool because I've been to Germany before, but I I went when my dad was in the military because my dad was in the Air Force. So I I lived in Germany for almost three years, but to go back, they kind of say like, "Wow, you're going back to Germany," based on being this wrestler, based on being the the little boogeyman. Somebody wants to bring you, you know, book you, uh, fly you over all the way over from the United States to fly you all the way to Germany. And uh, and that was like, I was like, man, now this is awesome. So <laughs> went back, went to Germany, had a great time, came back. And um, since then, I probably once a year, if, if I get the little itch, they'll hire me and then I'll do autographs. Yeah. But I... I don't look forward to it. I'm not sitting around the phone waiting. Like I hope somebody calls me to do that because, you know, putting that all that pain on your face and going through that whole, it's. I don't have that thirst for it. I don't. You know, I'm not craving it at all because, you know, at some time or point, your time is up, mm-hmm. and you gotta walk. You know, you just walk away from uh, those things. Yeah. So, when that was finally over with. That's when I went to say, hey, 
it's time to write a book. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got, you got, you, you got to write a book. Cause I said, you got a journey. Not that everybody don't have a story, but you have a story. Yeah. And you need, and you need, to, you need to put that story, uh, put it, pin it down. So and here we are today. And so you've written the book, um, big story, short message. Yes. Yeah. And how did you feel achieving that? That would have been great writing that. Oh, that, you, you know, that, it, that was fun because you, you, you start to look at the stories of your life. Cause I know everybody has stories and it's like, I can't say everybody's story isn't interesting uh, versus mine or anybody else's story. I can't say my story is better than your story, but I just felt like, dude, for somebody that's four foot four, you've been around the world. You've done a lot of things, mm. you know, and in such a small package, yeah. you know, so it's like, you know, let somebody read this. Mm. Maybe it'll inspire somebody. Maybe it makes somebody laugh. Makes, yeah. Maybe it'll let somebody, you know, shed a couple of tears, whatever, you know, it's, and I, um, you know, I sat down and I just started writing. I just started writing and I didn't even type it. I wrote it on paper and people, I mean, it's like, cause you know, today, modern times, you start typing away. Yeah. I said, well, I can write it out. And um, I took a yellow pad and a, and a pen and I just started writing stuff out, writing stuff out. And then I started coming up with the, the, the name of the different chapters on, you know, where I was at. I said, well, write about what it was like when you went to school, write about this, this and that. And then I, that's how I came up with my, uh, my different little, uh, segments of my because it's only it's a quick read it's only like 83 83 pages mm -hmm. it, it it took you I would put it like this it expedited you through my life you know it, it's a quick read uh it's a it's a fun read mm -hmm. and I wrote it I wrote it on a fifth grade reading level because you know nationwide we're only on a seventh grade seventh to eighth grade reading level yeah, yeah. Uh, you know around the globe so it's like you know, so why, why, why try to, you know, use these words and, you know, and, and have people thinking like, whoa, no, no, no. I want you to just, hey, this is Chris. Real simple. Little, little guy. He had struggles. He overcame them. Had obstacles. Came those. Jumped the fence. Nah, I didn't really jump no fence. You know, I'm too short to jump the fence. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, I crawled underneath the fence. I ain't jumped the fence. Uh, so, um. Uh, I just I just had those little things that um that I went through and and it kind of went into like you know I end up having my son and you know the funny thing and I have to share this you know because it's it's emotional to me and I share it with people that want to hear my story and um, when I wrote my book you know I was doing it because I wanted to do it and the un the only unfortunate part about my book. The only part that, that it, it gets to me yeah. is that when they, you know, I finally got one, you know, one copy, one copy to prove, you know, say, okay, this is good. We can go to press. So when I finally got my first batch of books to come in, that same day those books came in, that was the worst day of my life. Worst day of my life. My mom had a massive stroke that same day i was on tour in uh when i found out that i had to come back um i was headed to houston on my speaking tour so 
I'm uh, in my, I had to check my bags in. They wouldn't let me take my bags because it was a crowded flight. And I just had a carry on. And I was like, oh, I'm only going to be gone for two days. I don't, uh, can I, somebody else check their bag in? So, so I had to check my bag in. And that was an indication to me that it's going to be a bad day, you know. And um, I get to Chicago because I had a layover. And my phone text messages were popping up. Poop, 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 poop. I mean, like fireworks. Tap, 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 tap. And I got to one, and my dad says, Chris, I don't know where you're at. Your mom's not doing well. It's not good. You need to, wherever you're at, you need to get back here right now. So I'm like, okay, that's not easy, you know. So I had to call the people that booked me for this tour and told them, I need you to book me a flight back home, like right now. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to Houston to, to retrieve my bag to fly back. So when I got here and I walked into the house, my 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 books were there. My bro, you know, my set of books were there. You know, and I was like, you know, and I got a, a small hint of a smile, like, oh, I did it. But it came down so fast because yeah. uh, my best friend, he came to pick me up and he said, I'll drive you to the hospital because I know, because I had to drive an hour home from the airport. So I'm already shaking, my foot shaking while it's on the gas pedal because you're trying to, because I feel like the faster I get back, the sooner I can, my mom would get better. But that wasn't the case. I mean, she was basically gone that day. You know, you, she was on life support and you're just, you know, you're praying the grace of God that, you know, things change. <clears throat> Two days later, they took her off. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, she didn't make it. And with my book, for the two years, it's kind of sat in on the shelf. Because for two years, I've tried to find myself again. So, you know, in this story of this interview here, you know, it's like, it seemed like everything was so hunkadory. And we don't know what we're going to go through, you know, in the in the presence you know from the past present to the future you don't know what's going to take place you know and you try to you try to hold on and then you know you had I had bumpy roads in the wrestling wrestling world you know then you say hey okay I'm gonna write a book Mm. and you write that book and you think like okay well all right (laughs) let's go We're, we're moving forward and then boom you get that that hits you upside the head and and you're like whoa that uh you know my mom was never my best friend because i don't believe in my mom or parent being my best friend because we grew up you know you're my parent so my mom was never my best friend my mom she was just my queen she was my queen she was she was like you could see a fire and she would say hey don't worry about it chris we can walk through it together you know Mm -hmm. that's how you felt she she was such a, a caregiver and uh never seen a woman so sweet that she just did so yeah, so my books sat on the shelf for a while yeah. because of that, you know, yeah. but, I, but I've still kept, you know, doing my tours, you know, up until COVID uh, shut me down in February. You know, now I'm, I'm uh, you know, working with the um, uh, special, special need athletes. I love them to death. Oh man, they're, they're like, they're, you know, sometimes in, in, in life you, you know, it's like, what motivates Chris? You know, I motivate me. Mm. I, I, I motivate me because it's like, I've always felt like, you know, there's a wall that you always got to climb. 
Yeah. And and we all do in, 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 in a sense. But now with that wall, if I don't have a ladder or a table or a chair <laughs> to climb that wall, you know, because some people will run, jump, and kind of walk up the wall a little bit and grab on top and, you know, and put themselves over. Well, when you only got like a 12-inch a reach, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> and you and the wall is 16 inches. Like I don't care what you're trying to do. You know, <laughs> it ain't working. You know, it it just ain't gonna happen. So you know, <laughs> so when you put things in the perspective, you say, "What motivates you?" It's like, well, I gotta stay motivated regardless. You know, people can't really motivate me. I motivate myself, and hopefully that with my motivation, maybe. Uh, opportunities and doors open up because of your motivation, and then you can keep striving. But uh, on the other end, what expire, inspires me is that working with these special need athletes, they have inspired me because they just want your approval of like, give me a chance. Mm. That's that's all they want. They just want that approval of give me a chance. Yep. And And then they express so much gratitude and love towards you because yeah. you've accepted them. Yep. Yep. You cold you immensely, cold heartedly, one hundred percent authentically accepted them and they love that. So, yeah. you know, those they have inspired me and in, in, in uh been a um been a pleasant situation for me coming off, you know, losing my mom two years ago because yeah. it's like mothers are the most powerful powerful people on this earth i mean on you know on this earth uh nobody can't tell me uh nothing different because they because they come in two shades mothers come in two shades they come with so much love and unconditionally love and then they can come with some sternness as well they can be stern as well but they come with unconditional love and that unconditional love um allows you to make mistakes that mm. it, it allows you to fall it allows you to do all these things because unconditionally you know they love you regardless yeah. you know it, you know you can't say nothing or do something that's going to stop them from loving you they are the glue when you lose that glue you 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 lose everything unless you have that same uh type of passion and empathy and love that you know that 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 mother had that glue and 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 you're and those are hard to find and i'm one of the unique ones because i'm just like my mom i'm thankful for that i'm I'm very i'm very thankful for that because that's who i am you know i could i could be both and 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 most men are they're one they're stern boom that's it Hey, hey stop being so soft hey don't don't hey 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 you know and i have that uh unconditional love about me first and yeah. then the other you know the other other part you know it takes me it takes me a lot to get that that alpha to come out of me because <laughs> i'm because I, I, that is i mean you gotta like really really like like a you know i mean that takes a whole lot a whole lot because <laughs> it's just and and i think if i was that way i don't i don't think i would be a motivational speaker for the youth mm, i don't think yeah. i would what sort of things do you, are you telling them when you're at the school talking to them? Just, you know, I, I tell them, the, the main thing I try to get across to them is like, love who you are. Love who you are. 
you know, mm-hmm. I said, because I, I, I tell them, I said, what you see right here, I can't change. I can only change my attitude. I can't change being 4'4". Four, four. Yeah. I can't change that. I can't change my, my complexion of my skin. I can't change those things. Now, you know, and I love who I am. So love, what, love who you are. Be the best yeah. you. You know, be the best yeah. you. St- stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. So if you, yeah. when you stay in your lane and you create to be the best person that you can be, Johnny, Susie, whatever, be the best you. You know, when you stray off in your, on somebody else's lane and you're trying to be somebody, like somebody else, then you destroy um, who you are and then you become confused. You don't know if you go left or right because you're not being the best you. You're being the best somebody else. And, you know, and that somebody's not you. So be the best you. Love who you are. And, you know, when you love who you are, um, you're not going to allow what people say want it to destroy you. Mm. And because I would tell them, I tell people this all the time. I hear you, but I don't see you. And the reason why I don't see you is because I'm walking past that negativity of what you're talking about. Yeah. I heard you, but I'm walking past it. How much, how much bullying did you get when you were younger? I only went through a couple things. I just turned this into something bigger than life because I had a platform. I knew when I walked in rooms or walked in stores, how, I, how people started looking at me. And I said, I'm going to use this. When I, was, when I was young, I said, I'm going to make everybody want to look at me. And I said, I don't know what yet, but you're going to look at me. Mm. And you're going to listen to me. Every time as a little kid, you walk in the store, everybody looked at you. Everybody looked at you. Everybody stared. So I said, okay. Okay. Now let me find something to talk about. <laughs> and now you can look at me and you can listen to me too. And, and I've always had that, that entrepreneur, you know, like, I want you to listen. Yeah, yeah. I want you to, I want you to pay attention. You know, since I've already got your attention when I walked in, I had to figure out, okay, let me give you something with, <laughs> since you're going to look at me, let's, uh, won't you listen to me? And I've always had that about me. Like, uh, I've had teachers tell me, tell me, you got to use, you know, use, you know, what you have to your advantage. Mm. And I said, well, okay. People are always staring. People draw attention. Boom. I use that. I, I, I you know, I, I use that as, you know as a as a tool because it's like yeah. they looking they're staring they want to know <laughs> hit them upside the head with them give them some yeah. information you know you got the personality you got the charisma you know talk about something mm. and i talked about two stories that happened to me as a child and and i just turned that into a whole speech mm. how do you think the kids how do the kids respond to that do they Oh, do you, do you oh. think they change as they're listening to you? And there, there, yeah, there, there's uh, there's there's a lot that take take to take heed to what I say, because yeah. I've had a lot of parents over the years inbox me and say, "Hey, my child saw you at their school today, and I want to thank you." Wow. And I and I even had dad says say, "As a man, I respect you so much because we're so tough, and for you to tell your story." And mm. to and help say, change my, he says, I, I I commend you. You're awesome because, again, that alpha male, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're we are. Oh, what'd you say? I'll punch you in your. You know, it's like you're ready to knock somebody out. You know, that's that's it's straight to that point. Yeah. To like now, let's go over to a little softer side, a little loving side. Like, hmm, who are they to you? 
five years from now, you won't even know who they are. You'll be here and they'll be looking for a job and they'll be asking you for that same job. So who are they? You know, mm-hmm. nobody's. So, you know, and I tell people, you know, and at the end of my speech, I tell them, you can either be somebody or nobody. Yeah. The somebodies or people that say and do positive things, help others out, help look, lift people when they're down yep. and put a smile on their face. Those are the somebodies. Mm. I said the nobodies are the people that can always find time to hurt you verbally mm. or physically. Yep. My name is Chris Hollyfield and I am somebody <laughs> you know and that's exactly <laughs> how that and that's how I, I i hit them with at the end of the, you know because you you let them know you let them yeah. know throughout this whole thing you didn't you didn't give your your spiel and now you now you tell them about the somebodies and nobodies because now that makes them think now that makes them think and now that everybody has heard these are the somebodies somebody's are not about because you wear air jordans you wear nikes that, yeah. that's not about the somebody Somebody's or what you do as a character, you know, what's your character, you know, yep, what do you yep. do as a person? Mm. How do you, how do you make a positive uh, impact on somebody's life and, and not just your, yourself? You know, yep. those are somebody's, you know, mm. uh, the nobodies, they always, they will find time to hurt you. And, yep. um, and there's a few of them around. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Definitely. I think that's a great message. And, and also when you, we're on Miami Inc. on that, you know, the reality show. You you did yeah. get a real tattoo. Tell us yeah, about real that tattoo. real tattoo. Tell us about that. I got, I, I got, um, I, I got, I, I had to figure out what, what, what did I want? I didn't even know what they, I got an email saying, hey, would you be on our show? And I said, okay, sure. I'm saying, sure. Uh, not thinking that needle, that tattoo, you know, I'm just thinking like, hey, I'm going to be on Miami Inc. It's a hot show and a hot show and i'm a cool guy i said yeah those things go together real well <laughs> cool guy hot show i said i'm in so i'm driving down to miami which is about two and a half hours for me i'm driving down and i still don't have no clue what i'm gonna get on my arm and i was thinking i said three d's dedication determination and desire i said let me think of something i said okay you must have the three d's uh the dedication determination and desire to be a friend. I came up with that and they put it on my arm. I said, well, this is for life. I said, well, you know what? That's fine. I said, I've been speaking for a long time and I'm still going to be speaking. So I said, it's not going to be something like, oh, this is the, the young lady I was in love with and now we don't, we ain't together no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I got I go to sleep every night. Oh, oh I, love, I love you, but you don't love me no more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, so I don't have to worry about like, like, oh man, I regret this. Cause I, you know, I said, I would never put something on me that may not, you know, last forever, but this, this is forever. I've done it two decades now. So that's enough to say, Hey, you did it long enough to say like your, your tattoo fits the bill and it's good. So, yeah. you know, I can, I can go night, night with that. So I'm good with that. And I'll tell you on the um, reality shows or the talk shows, you're on Jerry Springer. Now we get, you know, well, not now because it's finished, you know, but we had Jerry Springer was very big in Australia too. And we used yes. to say things like, oh, my God, what's with all these people? Why are they going on there? You know, like, why are they airing all their dirty washing to the world? You know, is is it true or is it a big... No, no, no it's a storyline. <laughs> it's a storyline. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's entertainment. 
and uh, they came. They, you know, they the the the, the producers and the writers came up with with scripts and and they would uh put you know line you know stuff out on the internet and said hey are you going through this type of relationship blah 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 and people like oh man I want to go on there you know and like when they had us go on there and it was all, it was a show with nothing but little uh little people and with that being said it was called the invasion of little people oh. and you know and I'm like okay I don't want to be like a mockery you yeah. know because this show is that I said but you got to make sure that you play your role to a T and your and your role fits you. I don't care about the rest of the crew. I'm like, I'm because this is about Chris now, you know. Yeah. So when we did the show, uh they said, Hey, do you want to do a part where like you're fighting over a girl? I said, nah, nah, because I don't have to do that. I said, mm-hmm. I, I look in the mirror. I said, if you see this smile, what am I fighting over? I said, they might be fighting over me. What I'm needing to be fighting over them for? <laughs> I said, you see this smile? I said, I don't need this. I don't. I don't need to be fighting over them. You're like, are you crazy? I said, that don't even fit my personality. And I said, uh, what else you got for me? And he says, well, we got security. I said, that's perfect. That's perfect. I said, because that means every time they get into somebody, get ready to get into it, I just stand up and say, hey, you might want to sit down because you don't want me to have to get into you. So go ahead and sit back down. You know, and that's all I said. I said. Um, and I, one of my, one of my lines on the show was like, uh, one guy was trying to, you know, he's like, oh man, let, let me go. I said, man, I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna have to put some rocks in your pocket before you get through me. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and sit back down, man? Cause uh, you, you ain't heavy enough. I said, go sit down, go sit down. You know, so, so, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't going to let Jerry, uh, play me or play, or get me stuck into a character that people are going to look at you as that because mm-hmm. from that point Sally one of the producers off Jerry's show end up because producers move around a lot and they end up uh every show I was on it was like some of the producers were on previous shows that I was on and mm-hmm. they were like oh you need to call contact contact this guy here you know they were contacting me because I I wouldn't I didn't allow them to put me in that bad position, you know, because yeah. everybody else, they didn't get calls like I did. Cause if you get caught up in a mockery and they like, and you, and you look foolish, then it's like, Oh, okay. We know you as those, th- those roles. And I didn't yeah. want that no. because you're already little, you know, you're a short person. They're going to always put you in that, you know, circus, that circus act. And I said, no, I refuse. I refuse. And I, and, and I, uh, I dictated on all the shows I played. I said, nah, cause it's time's like, nah, I said, you, you guys can send me home. You can send me home. I said, uh, I'll take my check now. Y'all just go ahead and send me home. I said, uh, I'm not doing that. And they were like, oh, why not? You know, what What would you like to do? I said, okay. Um, even when they had us like opposites attract. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that I'm with this young lady knowing that we're not together. I say mm-hmm. like, hey, we met and, you know, I thought she was cool or whatever, you know, and leave it at that. Leave it at like it was just an open window of like, we're friends. High five. Boom, you go your way. Not, uh, would you want something romantic? No, because the whole world sees this and they assume that you wanted that because I'll tell you a story that I was at Universal Studios with somebody I was actually dating and somebody, a young lady came up to me in a gift, gift shop and she hit me because she says, you're a cheat because she saw me with somebody else and she actually hit me. I said, yo, girl, what's wrong with you? I was like, are you, are you crazy right now? I said, I don't know you. She says, 
you're a cheater because I saw you a couple of days ago on television and then you then you're with this girl. I'm like, yo, whoa, that's television. What what yo, watch out now. I'm like this this lady hit me with her purse. I mean she did and she did the wind up hit too. She didn't just like hit me, like bumped into me. She did the wind up like woo woo, like boomerang type stuff. Like she hit me upside the head. And I was like, you didn't lost your, you know, it was some extra extra word, you know, be 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 be. Because I was like, what, 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 "What's going on here?" Yeah, she actually hit me because she saw me on the show and thought that, like, you know, you know, that girl and I was like, "No, oh, that was just a storyline," and you know, because and people get caught up on TV, and um, I kid you not, I never forget that. This has been really interesting, Chris. God, you've got some stories. It's it's so good. Now, this um, podcast is about um, people getting off the bench, you know, getting off the bench, chasing that thing they love, backing themselves, taking a chance, all of the things that you've done. What would what advice would you give people who are sitting back thinking, oh, maybe I could, maybe I should? What would you tell them? I tell them like this. You live once and... And there's going to be a come a time that, you know, no matter what, whether you fall flat on your face or you stand tall, you have to go out there and give it a chance, give it a shot. Because at the end of the day, you don't want 20 years to go by and say, man, I wish I would have did this. And, yeah. and, and that, that, that door is closed forever. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to be able to have a story to tell and say, wow, you know, I went out as a walk-on to try out for the college football team because I felt I could make it. But uh, I got cut the, the the second week. Well, but you can tell that story to say, hey, I didn't get a scholarship. I didn't get I didn't get looked at. But I went out there feeling that, hey, you know what? I can show the coach or something and maybe I'll get a partial scholarship or whatever the case may be, whether it be uh, a talent show or whatever. It, it's just that um, – you you have to go for it because it's gonna it'll eat you up later mm-hmm. on in life, and and it could have a uh it could come come to a point where you come with a lot of excuses behind you because you know it's like oh man if I would have did it oh man if I would have did that oh man if I yeah. you know the old man you know if I would have did that you know if but the fact that you go out there and you try and you and you give it your all and no matter what happens. In that all, you can say, I went for it. Yep. I tried. You're a champion for trying, yep. regardless if you didn't get a trophy. Because yep. champions don't always get trophies. Where can people find you? They can go to uh, gotrespecttour.com. They can, uh, they can Google Chris Hollyfield. Um, Instagram, I'm Chris Hollyfield. Facebook, I'm Chris Hollyfield. They can go to YouTube and go Little Boogeyman, and they'll see me. Oh, well, Chris, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, um, you've shared some amazing stuff. You've really given some inspiration and some push, you know, to people who are thinking that they, you know, I don't know, that they don't back themselves. You've really shown us that if you do back yourself, you know, you can make amazing things happen. And it's just been incredible speaking with you. And I'm so glad that you've uh, come and joined us. And it's just been wonderful. I, I, I thank you for the opportunity. Um, I know we, we tried to tackle this the last few days and uh, we finally got this tackled. So um, I, I immensely appreciate um, the fact that 
you you wanted me to come on your podcast. I, I, I it, it's always an honor that people want me to come on their podcast. I mean, I'm humbled and I appreciate it. And all to all my new friends and family in the Australian world. Hey, this is Chris Hollerfield. Look me up. You know, I'm I'm family. If you don't, I know we're not blood, but I'm family. I'm that little guy in your family that nobody told you about. So <laughs> keep your head up. Uh, stay righteous. God bless. And uh, Carrie, I, I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you too. And, and, and guys, he's really telling the truth. He really is family. It's, we've been, um, we haven't been connected that long, but I tell you what, we're good mates and he's a, a really good, really top guy. So keep hang in there, Chris, and we'll hope to see you on the big screen again soon. Yes. And I'll, I'll keep you posted on what's going on with me. And um, uh, yeah, I'll, whatever I got going on in the near future, I'll let you know. So uh, somehow it, we can link up uh, links and you could share with, you know, my Australian world and yep. um, just keep moving and moving and moving in positive directions. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Beautiful. All right. Well, you go and cook those kids some dinner and uh, I'll go out and feed the cows and you know, <laughs> we'll get on with our days. But thanks so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you. Oh, wow. How was that, guys? I tell you what, I said it in the start, and it's it's true. Little man with a great big heart. He's doing some amazing things out there, for, particularly for kids in schools, you know, to talk about anti-bullying and to get them to love themselves, and it's really, really important stuff. So go check him out, and it's uh, gotrespecttour.com and chrishollyfield.com, and check him out on Instagram and Facebook and all of the good things, and like you said, have a, have a look at him as Little Boogeyman on YouTube and Wow, I'll tell you what, my heart stopped a few times watching that. But anyway, I'll put all that information in the show notes. And so go take a look and give him some love. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there again. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate you guys um, hanging in there. I really, really appreciate it so much. And I hope that it's, um, you know, giving you some great messages and really inspiring you to get off the bench and do your thing and to you know, really love what you're doing. So anyway, I'll leave it there and I'll catch up with you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.